Danny J. And I'm Jill Coleman. Welcome to the Best Life Podcast. Here, we talk about everything from success, money, relationships, and entrepreneurship to productivity, honest communication, positive psychology, and how to cultivate an abundance mindset. Make money, travel the world, deepen your relationships, live full out. This is the best life. All right. Hey, y'all. What's going on, besties? What's up, besties? This is Danny J. And this is Jill Coleman. Danny Jizzle. And Jizzle. <laughs> Just Jizzle. <laughs> Jizzle. Jizzle and Jizzle. <laughs> um, and today, we actually want to talk about something. I don't really think that we've talked about this before. We've maybe mentioned it on different episodes, but we know y'all always love when we talk about sort of body image and food and exercise and some health stuff. So uh, today, we wanted to address a DM that we got. And I thought it was a good question. I think this is a big question that's happening in the fitness space right now um, around things like diet culture, body shaming, um, eating. D stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so what was the question? Yeah. So our friend Chris said, at what point does body positivity mean accepting poor life choices? Is it fair to admonish people who promote workouts or fitness by saying they're triggering people with body dysmorphia or eating disorders? And it's, this is so interesting because I've seen a backlash and, you know, Jill and I came from the fitness industry and quite honestly, a lot of it was unhealthy a little yeah a little disgusting unhealthy you know maybe even promoting unrealistic bodies but at the same time um there is a need like we do have an obesity epidemic in the united states and even a lot of first world countries so many people are overweight and the number one killer of people is heart disease and so there's all, and diabetes and there's so many lifestyle choices that can be fixed and changed by just simple simply getting healthier and making better choices with better diets and and more exercise and more activity. And then there's also this backlash of people saying, well, if you're talking about that, you're triggering people with eating disorders, Mm -hmm. or you're, you're basically saying that you're fat phobic, or Mm -hmm. this is all diet culture. And so Mm -hmm. where's the middle ground? And can we promote healthy lifestyles without promoting diet culture in quotes? Um, And can we also talk about like, is it okay to say, Hey, um, body positivity is great. I want you to like love your body, but also you maybe aren't healthy right now. Cause there's, I, re- there was even a really controversial Jordan Peterson <laughs> tweet recently. I guess there was a, a gal, was it on uh, sports illustrated cover or something like a more plus size woman. And he, he said something really something like not beautiful. And then he went on record to say like, we can't pretend that this is a, uh, I think he meant in the overall um, like standard of like American standard of beauty that it's not that, um, but that also it's perpetuating or making it okay for people to be unhealthy. And so there's a lot of conversations around body positivity and and being accepting of all bodies. And then also, at what point are we just being like, okay, you're 600 pounds, you're 800 pounds? Is that are we supposed to be body positive there too? And I think that sometimes we get to these extremes and that's not really where we want to be to have conversations. But all that being said, what do we do? Especially if we're a fitness professional. Well, I think that's the case, right? Is like, uh, you know, when people say, well, we have an obesity epidemic, we do, like you mentioned. I think the hard thing for me personally, and I'm in the fitness industry and you are too, and like both of us promote health, fitness, athleticism, strength, muscle gain, like, you know, and even probably getting leaner if someone has that as a goal. Um, But 
the thing that really rubs me the wrong way as someone who does value autonomy so much is the policing mm. of it all. Like, I don't love that. So if we have someone in a larger body on the cover of a magazine, and then of course the cover goes viral, which bravo to the marketing team. But like, if the cover goes viral, you have people on both sides of the spectrum. And the people who are saying that it's not okay and we shouldn't be promoting this, I'm also just like, but why do you give a fuck? Like, honestly, like, I think that's sort of where I go to. And I know there's a case to be made for like, it increases insurance premiums and it does affect obviously, you know, healthcare in the country. And like, you know, if some people can't pay for like, can't pay for their medical bills and does increase everyone's medical load. So I get all of that. But at the end of the day, I personally, as someone who values autonomy, the idea that I want to go around the internet policing what's okay to show and what's not on both ends of the spectrum, Mm -hmm. by the way, Mm -hmm. like it's just not my personal way of doing things. I'm not going to, I never jump on those trains when people talk about like the latest, you know, magazine cover or like, or someone being fit shamed or whatever, like how I'm fit shamed. Like how, like, I'm just like, it's not that fucking serious. Like, I mean, it is, but at the end of the day, I'm very much like, what's your idea for you. Mm -hmm. What is your value system? I think that there is a misconception that people who are overweight or obese need to be shamed. Like if you ask like more conservative people, they'll say, well, they're, they're just, they have no shame Mm -hmm. or they're just shameless. And I'm like, is shame a good thing? I don't think that shame's a motivator. So the idea that someone who's overweight or obese doesn't have any shame, they probably have more shame than you can even fucking imagine. Yeah. Right. So that's not the issue. The issue isn't like they need to have more shame. It would keep them in line. Believe me, people know what's healthy and what's not healthy. So they're not doing it. They're not gaining weight or like living in a large body all the time because it feels amazing. You know what I mean? Like it feels good to be sexy and feeling you're comfortable in your skin and whatever, like at whatever size. But I know for you and I, I don't know, like I guess speak for myself, when I was like 10, 11% body fat, I didn't feel sexy. Yeah. I was super insecure, way more insecure than I am now. I was not fucking healthy. My hair was falling out. Like I was a completely obsessed with food. And I also was, uh, what's the word? I was condescending Yeah. too. You know, like I felt better than. I was like, I'm so, I have so much more willpower than these people. I, you know, have so much more discipline than these people, right? That's not fucking healthy either, that judgment, right? So I think the answer isn't what should we do? It should be like, what should we, instead of educating on what's a healthy weight, I think let's educate on things like getting stronger, feeling like a badass in the gym, getting comfortable in the gym for people who maybe do are intimidated by the gym. Like there's a lot of education that can happen around the conversation around weight. It doesn't have to be about weight. It can be a huge conversation around all the other ways in which you could exercise. It doesn't have to be to lose weight. If you want to lose weight, that's fine. I'll never shame for someone who wants to lose weight. But there's so many other ways because you and I were super lean and that shit wasn't healthy either. You know, so someone could look at us and say, well, you know, that's better than this over here that someone has a larger body, what's better or worse. But at the end of the day, you have to get right with what your journey is. And if you are in a larger body and you want to lose weight, that's also fine. If you're in a tiny body and you want to gain muscle or get bigger, then that's also fine. There's a lot of people and I think that gets missed. A lot of people want to gain weight, you know? So I, I, I think I come down to like more of a personal responsibility approach to it where 
where if we, quote, we do anything, it should be around education. It should not be around judgment, pointing fingers, telling, like, Jordan Peterson go fuck himself, honestly. Yeah. Like, yeah. I'm sorry, but that dude is fucking ridiculous. At one point, I was like, oh, this is, he's kind of like a cool dude. Like, I like his, like, personal responsibility approach, his, like, you know, ownership. But the dude, he's gone way too fucking far. Yeah. And and he can go fuck himself because, honestly, like, he's not the judge either. <laughs> well, I like that you brought it back to education because I was thinking, aren't we really just pointing the gun at the wrong thing. It's, you know, it's kind of like back to the uh, abortion um, conversation is doing the abstinence only education where like people oh, are still going to have sex. Point. So it's kind of this, for me, it's kind of the same thing. I'm like, there's still going to be people who are overweight, but just because we put someone who's overweight on a cover, isn't mean we're promoting people to, Hey, look, if everyone gain weight, like right. that's not what we're trying to do. Right. We're trying to say there's people already out here with different bodies. Let's actually showcase the real uh, diversity of bodies on a magazine instead of, I mean, and you know, growing up in the nineties too, all the magazines were the like was super like, skinny yep. heroin chic. And it, I remember growing up thinking that's not even my body type. I couldn't look like that. If I tried, I don't have six foot long legs and just like tiny, tiny bones. So I don't think that saying that, that putting someone with a larger body on a magazine cover is quote promoting unhealthy lifestyles. It's just saying, People look like this. Totally. Fucking people look like this, whether we want them to or whether someone out there wants them to or thinks it's okay or not, they do. And so I think that part of body positivity I like. I think the part of body positivity that I don't like, and I'm saying body positivity in like the kind of movement that I've seen around, the part that I don't like is is like the opposite pendulum swing of shaming people who are working out and trying to be healthy it's almost like saying if you work out or if you want to lose weight, you hate yourself. And right. that's not, that's not the that's case not either. either. And so I know I have a lot of friends who are like doing YouTube videos and they're in the fitness industry and they started getting this weird backlash and comments on their, on their videos of like, you're making people feel bad for you, for themselves. And they're like, no, I've been doing this for, you know, five, six, seven, eight years. And suddenly the thing I'm, I've always been doing is now looked at as I'm hurting people. And that's not the case either. So just because someone wants to work out or train or, or eat healthier or eat different doesn't mean that they hate who they are or that they need to even hate who they are. They could just want to feel better and look better. And so I think that we do tend to point the, I don't even point the gun at the wrong thing, but I, I yeah. kind of think we're just making the enemy the wrong enemy. The wrong enemy, yeah. right? We're just focused on the outcome. We're not mm-hmm. looking at the process. Yeah. Like, you know, I look at someone like, okay, if we have, uh, you know, every once in a while, this probably happened to you. I know someone, we recently talked about someone in our space who gained like a bunch of weight over COVID and was previously like kind of in the dieting space, ended up kind of being like now very anti-diet, gained a bunch of weight and... I was like, oh, that's interesting. Does she, like, is she like herself more? Like, is she, is she like, is she more at peace? Right. Cause I think that's the thing. It's like, okay, if you, if like you were like Danny and I and dieted to the point where you got sick and you were like really unhealthy because of how lean you got and how much rebounding, at least I did, that's not healthy either. So sometimes if people like want to put on weight because they want to feel better and they want to have like more relaxing of a life. So I sort of asked that question to someone who was telling me about the story and they go, no, she feels like shit. She gained 50 pounds and feels like shit. Yeah. So, you know, I think we have to take into account that too. You can have people who are like severely underweight who feel like shit. You can have people who are really overweight who feel like shit. You can also have the opposite. You can have someone who's like, you know, really skinny or in a larger body and they feel great. Yes. So at the end of the day, I guess I'm just like, the outcome is whatever it's going to be. But like the the education needs to be around, the conversation is around, like Shantae always says, like listening around the edges. It's like, it doesn't have to be like, 
and I just hate this because for, and, and you know, when we talk about body positivity or we talk about like fat shaming, the like fat shaming is a real thing. Like yeah. literally there's fit privilege, there's pretty privilege and people, and they've shown this in research. So this isn't up for debate. They've shown in research that went, that people's perception of overweight people is that they are dumb, they're dirty, they're undisciplined, they're unsuccessful. Like that's real. Like that's been shown in research. And like, that's not, and that's fucking ridiculous, right? Because how many of us know someone who maybe is overweight, but is like super fucking happy, super fucking successful, fucking runs marathons. Right. Like, you know what I mean? Like, so there's something to that. Now, you know, 800 pounds is a different conversation than sure. someone who is like 30 pounds overweight, 50 pounds overweight, you know, you still live. Yeah. And so I don't know. I don't think that there's really a, a, the idea that someone, Jordan Peterson, whoever, or the government even should be the person who says, yes, this is okay. Yes, this is not okay. Instead, we should be asking, how can we start promoting health as an end result? Like health, strength, muscle gain. You know, like to me, I love how I feel like the aesthetic for women is sort of changing. You know, we had the heroin chic and then we had, you know, then we went through like different phases. And I think we're at a point now with, and I, I know that people have a lot of problems with the Kardashians, but I think they're responsible for, and I hate to say this, but they're, that show has been on for like fucking 20 years and they're responsible for opening up like, yeah, women have curves and mm -hmm. women have big butts and like, you know, whatever. I mean, for all their faults, they have other weird like, body things, but you know, I think it did at least for me and for a lot of people make having larger legs or larger, butt like a little bit more accepted, Yeah. you know, and now even coveted, like, yes, I want to grow my booty. Like that was not something. And when we were growing up was even a thing. And so there's a lot of, um, to unpack here, but I do think the aesthetic is changing. I think it's becoming more acceptable or more, um, coveted for women to have visible muscle. You know, you just don't want to be like a string bean. Now, again, we're in the fitness industry, so maybe that's all we're seeing. But if you go to like middle America, maybe they still want that like super skinny heroin chic runway model, have zero muscle, zero muscle tone look. But I feel like the aesthetic is changing. And if you are like us in a position where you have a platform, you have an audience, you can use that to educate and yeah. make getting jacked fun and make getting, gaining muscle fun and being healthy, not because you need to lose weight or because you're not a whole person or you're not valuable or worthy if you don't, but just because it feels amazing. Yeah. All right. I'm so excited to let y'all know this episode is sponsored by Maddleboards, uh, inflatable stand-up paddleboards. And I'm super pumped about this because, okay, y'all, story time. I've been wanting a stand-up paddleboard for a while now. And so I figured, you know what? I'm going to get one. And I'm going to find somebody who has really dope paddleboards to hook us up and hook up all of the listeners with um, some really cool paddleboards. So yeah, we're excited about paddleboards. I'm so excited. <laughs> I know. We have um, we have some amazing sponsors. And just so you guys know, just from like a back-end perspective, um, we oftentimes will have a sponsor for a certain amount of time or a certain amount of years or months or something like that. And we are so excited to now sponsor with Maddleboards. If y'all have not been stand-up paddleboarding before, it is unreal. So actually, I did have one. It wasn't a paddleboard years ago. And the one I had was not a blow-up paddleboard. So if you guys don't know, they come, they're just like, right. if you guys haven't seen them, they're they're absolutely huge. So the fact that paddleboards are blow-up are actually really amazing. And they give you like a little backpack to put it in. But I ended up getting one years ago. I was living in Venice Beach, California, which is really beautiful, but also probably not, I would say the safest at this point. I've gotten like three bikes <laughs> stolen. <laughs> stolen. And so anyway, my paddleboard was stolen years ago, unfortunately, but 
I can't wait to get back out there. And I can't wait to get back out there with the Maddleboard. If you guys have not seen them, check them out. What's the URL? Yeah, maddleboards.com. And then you use the best life at checkout. Y'all will get $50 off. And these are actually super affordable. I was doing a lot of research looking for new boards. Uh, I went last summer, kind of after my mom passed away and just so peaceful out on the water. And then Jill and I did some stand-up paddleboarding in Austin with our family a few years ago. It's just a fun activity. So fun. Like get out in the sunshine. You don't even have to get in water. So literally you can... Yep. Stand up paddleboard almost any time of year, unless it's snowing, I suppose you might not want to, but you can go any time of year. So if you have a lake nearby, you don't need an ocean, you've got any body of water. I mean, I guess you could even throw it in a swimming pool if it's big enough, but it's super fun, a great activity and sport. And this is actually such a, an affordable board and it's portable that you can take with you. So we're really, really excited about it. So check it out, maddleboards.com. And of course, use the best life at checkout to get your discount. I think it does come down to also your intentions. And I hate to say that because I, I feel that there's people who will go, intentions don't matter. It's, you know, impact. impact. Um, but okay, there's, I came from when I was training, Biggest Loser was a really big show. And so I worked with a lot of weight loss clients, a lot of big weight loss clients. I was just showing Jill, uh, one of my clients uh, back in 2010, got a tattoo of my name on his arm because <laughs> so I helped him lose 125 pounds. And so I was marketing myself to help people with huge weight loss goals. I mean, a lot of my clients lost 100 pounds or more. Um, that was kind of my sweet spot was like the 80 to 100 pounds. And so that's a big shift. But it's huge. I don't think that that means I don't think people... Uh, need to be skinny. I don't think that means I think that skinny is better or less weight is better. These are people who are coming to me who were like, I'm not comfortable. Got off their meds. I feel like I can't do this anymore. I'm about to go have surgery. I want to do this without surgery. Can you help me? And so I think it's also important that we're not shaming trainers or people who are actually helping people lose a lot of weight who want to lose weight. And it's okay if they want to lose weight. I have um, a friend who was a little bit heavier. She's recently lost quite a bit of weight and she's had people in her DMs kind of reach out feeling like they're left behind. They were like, I liked you more when you were fat because I felt like we related. And now like you kind of left me, you know, like they feel left behind because of it. And so I think it's important that we're just back to like being on your own journey, keeping your eyes on your own paper. And if you want to lose weight because you think it's going to make you feel better, or maybe not because you think it will, because you know it will, or maybe a doctor said you need to, or you're going to have, have to have put surgery, on these meds, yeah. or you're going to have to yeah, get on diabetes medication, or you're going to have to be on heart, you know, whatever it is, like you are allowed to do that. And you are allowed to find a professional who can help you do that safely. And so I think it's also important to not feel bad if you're, you know, a trainer or someone who does help people with weight loss, that that's okay too. And I think the tricky part is marketing, like, because, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll be on Instagram or something. And I just see, you know, like just scrolling articles and you see all these ads for like, uh, keto gummies. And I've seen these freaking ads that are like lost 60 pounds in 12 days. I'm like, how the fuck is that even possible? <laughs> like ridiculous claims, but there are, there are a lot of bullshit things out there that are just scamming people. And it's unfortunate, but I, because I know a lot of fitness professionals listen to this podcast too. I think if you're starting to question yourself and starting to feel like you're, maybe someone's called you out and they're saying you're fat shaming or you're part of diet culture and you're part of the problem is look at your client's results and try to block out the noise. Cause sometimes you might hear that from the outside, but if you know, like I knew in my heart that my clients were getting great results and they love me for, and they're getting their, my name tattooed on them because of what a change they had, then 
then I could keep doing that. Like I don't do that anymore, but I would have felt fine going forward because I know I'm making a difference in my clients' lives. So I think it's really tricky. Uh, you know, one of my old um, assistants, she had gained 50 pounds and she posted on, this was a couple years back, she posted on Facebook how body positivity kind of messed her up because she kept hearing, just accept yourself as you are and just be happy. And she was like, I'm trying. She goes, but the reality is I don't feel good in my body. I'm not feeling great. My body hurts. I don't have any energy. And so she finally was like, I need to do something. Like I need to go on a diet and get back to working out. And she did. But she said for a long time, the body positivity movement was making her feel bad about wanting to lose weight and feel mm. better. And so I think that there's a lot of positivity that has come out of it where we can have more acceptance, where we can actually recognize that people live in different sized bodies. But we also need to recognize that people have their own experiences in their bodies and they may not feel good at a higher weight. They may not feel good at a lower weight. We just need to help people find what's healthy for them and help them on their journey when they're ready and if they're ready and not expect them to be a certain way. Um, and also as professionals, whatever niche we're in, to be okay with like helping people through their problem and whatever they're going through. I will, I will just like piggyback on that. I'll come from like the business angle because mm -hmm. I love this because when you mentioned marketing, I like totally was like, yes, because here's the deal is you might be a coach or a trainer and you're like, I don't want people to feel like they have to lose weight, you know, because we know because we're on the other side of the quote unquote transformation maybe you've had the experience like Danny and I, where you like did get like super shredded, got yourself sick, rebounded. Like you've seen the worst of diet culture. So now you're on the other side being like, I don't want to help someone who wants to lose weight. Like if they come in and they want to lose weight, I want them to experience all the other amazing things. I want them to get stronger. I want them to build muscle. I want them to have a good mindset shift. I want to like, so we have all these secondary benefits that we see, but what does your client come to you when their potential client come and say? They want to go there for the weight loss. I want to lose weight. Yeah. So imagine if someone came to you and said, hey, Danny, I just really want to lose weight. I want to lose like 20, 30 pounds. Can you help me? And you say, I can help you uh, feel more confident and I can help you have a mindset shift. And all the other amazing things, by the way, these are all true and they're all so impactful. And I think most of us would even say that they're more impactful than the actual weight loss, right? The number on the fucking scale. But what if I said that? And I was like, well, I can help you be more confident and I can help you, um, you know, feel better in your skin and have a mindset shift, they'd be like, I'll find someone else. Like that you wouldn't get the business. And if you didn't get the business, you would not have the opportunity to show them all the other amazing things. So I look at it like, and I hate to kind of say it like this, but like sell them what they want, give them what they need. Like you need to speak their language to get them to sign on with you. Yep. And then the second they sign on with you, yes, help them lose weight, but also talk about all the other shit the whole time. So they'll hire you for weight loss. And we had this at Jill Fit, this happened to us all the time. They said, we signed on to lose 30 pounds. I only lost eight and I love myself more than I ever have. Things are easier than they ever have been. So whether or not the person actualizes the weight loss they want, the idea is that you get to Trojan horse, all the other stuff. And yeah. if you don't get that client, you don't get that opportunity. So get the fucking client and then deliver all the other amazing things and use that time with them, whether it's 12 weeks or however long they sign up with you, use that time to then showcase 
And by the end of it, they'll like incept all the other amazing things. By the end of it, they're like, oh yeah, I forgot about the weight loss because all this other stuff, I just feel such a badass now and I'm lifting weights and I'm getting stronger, whatever. But you don't get the opportunity if you don't speak their language at the beginning. You don't. It's so true. And unfortunately, or fortunately, I don't know, that's, we do have a crazy diet culture. I don't think we can flip it overnight, especially with obesity epidemic and especially with people actually like having doctors tell them they need to lose some weight or they have health problems. So we can't just take that away as an option. I mean, whether it's a health problem that you need meds for, or maybe it's just like your knees and back hurt and your body hurts. There's a lot of reasons why people maybe need to drop a few pounds. I mean, hell, even <laughs> sometimes with our pets, the, the vet's like, hey, your dog needs to lose a few pounds to like make sure they're cool. So I think it's just important that we're just not shaming people for what they do for a job and saying that we're contributing to diet culture. Um, but I think it's important that we also just, we recognize that people be are all in different bodies. Yes, be responsible. Um, recognize people are where they are and, yep. and try to help them with what they need help with. Yep. Actually, and, speaking of like changing the conversation, I do think over, t I think we have like, a, I mean, the diet culture is steeped very deeply in our culture, but I do think that we're starting to see a lot more with the help of these, some of these magazine covers or whatever. Mm -hmm. I think we are starting to see other options too. We're starting to see strong women. We're starting to see women with muscle. We're starting to see women, you know, fucking running, you know, marathons and ultra marathons and doing all these amazing physical feats. We're seeing a lot of other options now on the menu. It's not just, I have to lose weight all the time. Yeah. And Dr. Gabrielle Lyon, who we're actually, she's actually, I think she's pitched the podcast. We need to get her on. Um, she says that we don't have that it's not an obesity epidemic, it's under-muscled. Muscled. I saw that. Yeah, and I thought that was really interesting. She's like, people are just under-muscled, which if you think about muscle too, it's like, it's a it's a detoxifier. It actually helps you, and Danny Jane, I've talked about this a lot, it's like, it helps you stay leaner easier if you have muscle on your frame. So instead of like, let's focus on just getting fat off, Instead, let's focus on adding muscle and you'll probably end up losing fat and losing inches as a result. But that's a storyline that we have to keep telling because it hasn't caught on like the I'll do anything to lose 20 pounds, take these fucking pills, eat, fucking wear this squeam, whatever it is, yeah. you know, like there's a million different like, you know, bullshit solutions out there and gadgets and pills and whatever the mainstream, if you go to like somewhere like Target or Walmart, they're still hawking that shit, you know? So it's in these fringe sort of like outside space where people are like, yes, add muscle, get stronger. I think it's starting to penetrate a little bit, but we have to keep the conversation going. Yeah, I think so. So I like this conversation. I mean, it's super nuanced. There's so many ways it can go. And I think that all in all, I feel like the body positivity movement has made um, great strides in helping young women and women feel more accepted and be able to feel more confident in their bodies. Yes. At least just confident I, in general, yeah. they like, can do stuff, right? Not be scared to like go to the gym or yeah. try, start their own business or whatever it is. I feel like so many things I see now, I go, man, I wish I saw these images when I was 15 and 13 because I would have hated myself so much less. <laughs> I at least think that I would have, I don't know if I would have, but I think we've made leaps and bounds, but I also think that it's a, it's a pendulum swing and it's dangerous to think that if there's, if we're showing somebody who's, not like the quote perfect BMI that we're somehow promoting obesity. And so we have to just be careful and mindful of, of all of it and just be responsible when we're working with people and yes. be responsible in our own marketing yeah. too, you know, pay attention to how we're wording things and, and, um, and listen to our clients and our customers and what they need. And like what Jill said, a lot of times you have to sell them what they want, give them what they need. And so I think it's just important to just pay attention all around. And also back to keep your eyes on your own paper. If you know you're helping people and you're doing it responsibly and ethically and you're a good human and treating people with respect and 
And no one knows what your client, your relationship with your client is besides you, right? No one can know that. All you're hearing is your client's going, I feel amazing. I feel so much stronger. I feel so much more confident. My clothes are like zipping right up now. This feels easy. Like those are fucking wins, right? So it's easy for someone on the outside to look in and be like, you're helping people get like super lean and you're fucking up their self-esteem, whatever. Maybe there's probably a percentage of people who will take it too far for sure. But on the whole, no one knows yeah. that ex- your relationship with your client except you. Well, word, word. Uh, love this conversation. Yeah, Thanks for fun. bringing it up. And uh, we love it when you guys send I can't us. I believe we haven't done this one before, actually. I know. I know. Shit. I, I mean, it's been, what, five years now? Maybe we have, <laughs> maybe we have done it. <laughs> you know, and the kind of the last thing, too, she said about triggering people with body dysmorphia or eating disorders. I think that's another, like, Jill and I have talked about this a little bit, especially coming around triggers, and we mm-hmm. could do a whole episode mm-hmm. here. But we can't caveat everything else, every single thing we say. I know that there was some post I think you made and someone said like, well, what about people with depression or what about people with anxiety? Yeah. And you're just, we have to talk to a broad audience sometimes. We cannot caveat every single thing like a little asterisk. Well, not for you if you went through this specific trauma and not for you if this. So I think we also need to be careful that there's going to be people that can be triggered. We cannot possibly have our messaging so specific, especially with the internet and especially with people just, I don't know, I think almost wanting to be triggered. Well, everything, everything. just internalize it. It's almost like yes. they think their post, your post went directly to their inbox or something. Right. They're like, and if it doesn't match up. Yeah. I had this woman, I posted just a picture of my midsection like years ago. And literally this woman just wrote, this is body shaming. The photo was body shaming. I was like, there's going to be naked bodies, fit bodies everywhere you go. You go to the beach, you go to the yeah. newsstand, you go like, they're and, not going anywhere. And also, how is it not, how is it not fair that you can't post your own body? Because like just because you exist doesn't mean you're shaming someone else for existing. And believe me, and that's personal, right? So she yeah. might look at it like, hey, because you're lean, this is going to trigger people who are not that body. But you know, there's people in my audience who want to be skinnier than me. Yeah. So they're probably like, Oh <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's like, it's all people's perception. Yes. <laughs> so true. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we could do a whole episode on trigger warnings and yeah, maybe people we'll do getting triggered, but, um, but yeah, I think it's just important. We stay do just do your best all. Yeah. <laughs> and keep learning and, and keep also doing better. just don't if it's like look at the source right like that's the thing jordan peterson sorry like right you know for someone has a big platform does not mean they're right yes you know so always filter everything through like is that my truth and looking at your own personal experience because only you can know that there's nothing wrong with anything that you're feeling but if you're here and you're listening to this chances are you're into some level of self-awareness anyway so you're probably already questioning these things but yeah look at the source don't be like oh i'm bad or this is bad or i'm like like filter it through your own sense sensitivities word word all right y'all well we'll see you on the next episode if you want to share this with someone we'd love if you'd share it with a friend and uh hit us up on our dms at the best life podcast on instagram and we'll talk to you soon all right bye guys bye